Exodus chapter 20. Returning in your Bibles, we get over there with me. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7 only. Verse 7 only, if you're following along, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. May the Lord raise blessing to the reading of his words. Pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, directing my thoughts and words. Uh, help me this evening to say nothing amiss. Forgive me of sin. Empty me of self. And please fill me with your spirit. May your name, which we have sung about all evening, the precious name, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, etc. His name is wonderful. Lord, you are all these things. May we worship you through our thoughts and actions this evening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So a Dutch hymn from many, many years ago says, One day all creation shall bow to the Lord. Even now among the angels his name is adored. May we at his coming with glorified throngs stand singing his praises in heaven's great song. Jesus, Jesus, Savior adored of all men and angels forever the Lord. And that's what his name is. That's who he is. He is our Lord and Savior. Now remember, the, the Ten Commandments are not to make us squirm like a worm on hot ashes. They're not, it's not to do that. Thou shalt not is simply saying don't hurt yourself. And thou shalt simply says help yourself to happiness. It is like the positive and negative of a battery. The positive then and, and also encourage the negative. And for the negative statement, there also is the opposite positive. If you have a battery and you've got the cable, the, the positive and the negative, you hold one, you're not in trouble. You hold one and none here, but you put those two together on the battery and you're, you'll curl your hair if you have it. It'll curl it for you right off the bat. And so that's, that's the power of the name, the commandments. There's power in the commandments. So this evening, three things. What, first of all, what's in a name? What's in a name? Now, names are significant. There's a story found in a newspaper, an ad that actually read these words, lost and found, lost, one dog, brown hair with several bald spots, right leg is broken due to an accident, left hip is hurt, right eye is missing, left ear is bitten off in a dog dog fight, and he answers to the name of Lucky. And so uh, that was in a, there's a man who did a a series of uh, books called, a book called Names, he found out he had a hobby of collecting strange and unusual names. In 1941, there were two men who were executed in the electric chair in Florida. Their names were, were Will Byrne and Will Frizzle. There was a man named Dan Druff who became a barber. Jeff Treadwell became a podiatrist. Go Forth and Ketchum became two policemen who worked together. O'Neill and Prey became two partners in church equipment. And a plaster contractor was named Will Crumble. And there was a man named Joe Bunt, who was a baseball coach. So there's a lot of funny things about names, but I tell you, in the Bible, names were extremely significant often. And here, the name of our Savior, very, very important. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. First commandment, no other gods before me. Second commandment, no graven images. And tonight, don't take his name in vain. Lots of times, as you well know, people born in the Bible, Esau and Jacob. Esau, meaning a red or hairy. Because he had red hair, etc. And Jacob was the heel catcher, grasping Esau's heel later on. He was the trickster. He was the deceiver. Elijah, Jehovah is God. Timothy means honoring God. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus means Jehovah saves. Jehovah saves. Very, very fitting. So what's in the name? There's the personality in the name, and names are important. They often identify who we are, perhaps a religion we belong to. 
Uh, some of us should very, be very glad that we have a family name that we're born into, etc. We've been inherited possibly, and uh, we've inherited a name, and it's something we hold up with honor. Wright is one of the 50 most common names in America. I'm always asked, are you part of the South Shore Wrights? And I say, no, I was born in Millersburg, Ohio. My family's from Richmondale, Ohio. Oh, and so there's a lot of different, there's a lot of rights in America. There's, a matter of fact, a lot of Timothy, there's a Timothy Scott Wright that works at Marathon just over the uh, next county. There was a young man named Charlie Stink. That was his name. And he was advised by his friends over and over, Charlie, you've got to change your name. And finally he gave in. He went to the courthouse and changed his name. He comes back the next day and they said, did you change your name? He goes, yes, I did. But for the life of me, I can't see the difference between Charlie Stink and George Stink. <laughs> Jehovah is the personal name, Yahweh, the tetragrammaton, the Y-H-W-H, Jehovah. That's what this word is, the Lord. He's, he's the personal name. He's the self-existing one. He's the covenant-keeping God, the personality of the name. And then there's the power of the name, the word Elohim. And the beginning God created Elohim, one but more than one. That's the powerful name of God, the uniplural noun, one but more than one. So combine Elohim and Jehovah, you get a picture of a God who says, be careful how you use my name. My name, because I am the covenant-keeping God who has the power to perform his word. I am the God who will never break his promises to you. I am Jehovah, your Elohim, the Lord, your God. Don't take my name in vain. If there's any name on the planet Earth that should be most revered, it should be his name. Yet the most abused name in all the world is Jesus and God. I think hands down. Do you remember David and Goliath? I'm sure you do. 1 Samuel 17. They were fighting together, and Goliath says, oh my goodness, I'm going to feed your flesh to the fowls of the year. He hurls that promise, and David says in 1745, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. And finally, and then the stone comes, first time something like that ever entered his head, down he goes, off with his head, and perhaps the greatest military one-on-one victory in the history of the world, David defeats Goliath. The Lord defeats Goliath at David's hand. The name of the Lord of hosts. Now, it says in John 14, 14, which we'll cover probably next time in, in morning, morning, morning service, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. We are to do everything in his name, our, our homework, our ring, our children, our jobs, our driving, all these different things, how we interact with people. At the end of World War I, from what I understand, Hubert, Herbert Hoover went over to Europe and there was, he kept thousands of people from starving. And, and so Finland developed a new word. To Hoover in Finland meant to be kind, to be helpful. I wonder if they took your life and coined a word from it, what would they say? To Tim means to, to Tim somebody. It means, what does that mean? To Herbert Hoover, it meant in that era in Finland, it meant helping out someone because he had that reputation before he became president. Personality name, the power of the name, the protection of the name in, in Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take it wherever you go. If temptation round you gather, breathe that holy name in prayer. Have you ever just like, Lord, please help us right now. We need your help right now. Or thank you, Lord, for saving us from that. 
protection. How about the provision in his name? Verily, verily, I say unto you, John 16, 23, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. The key is asking in Jesus' name, not just your selfish desires. We, we need to get beyond that. Lord, work in our lives. Lord, have your will in this situation. Do what you would have be done. We trust you more than we, we know ourselves. We trust you far greater than us. The praise in the name. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Oh, magnify the Lord together and let us with me and let us exalt his name together. I wonder how much we're going to do this week of exalting Jesus's name. He is so worthy. How is our lives? Do our lives detract from his name or not? So what's in a name? There's a lot in a name. Not necessarily lucky for that one dog, but there's a lot in a name. Secondly, how not to take his name in vain simply means meaningless or empty of content to treat it with no more respect than any other word in the English language. In vain, Henry Morris says, it is significant that pagans never take the name of their gods in vain. This is a practice unique to apostate Christians and or others whose culture has been nominally committed to belief in a personal transcendent creator. Other, I never hear anybody saying, oh, Allah, oh, my Allah. Oh, some, a Muslim hears you that, he's got a sword handy, off with your head. Perhaps in some cultures it would be. I don't hear anybody taking his name in vain, but I hear the Lord's name. I was just at Kroger set for this the last couple of days somewhere, and, and the girl walked, and she was doing her scanning, and something didn't work on the scanner. Oh, my, hmm. Oh, and she, and she oh, oh my, mm. and the first thing they, they don't even realize, I want to say, you really know who you're talking about when you say that? Her mother was there and I didn't want to cause a stink. But that's, that is what people just so often, you see it all the time. If you're, if you're on Facebook, OMG, please don't forward, pass along, ever use that ever. Please do not ever use that. You're taking the, am I thinking, what are you thinking when you type that? Well, you're thinking what that is standing for. Oh, my God. That's what it stands for. Maybe you didn't know that. But please don't pass those along. It, it's The root idea of this in vain is like a tempest. The Hebrews use this word to describe a storm because it seems so random. and There was no rhyme or reason for the storm. Storm. It was erratic, just a, a worthless, non-productive thing. Can you imagine any more out of thing, out of touch? Then saying the name of God is some worthless, using it in some worthless, out-of-touch, nonsensical reason, that's just not the way it should be done. So how not to take a name, first way not to take it, is the vanity of profanity. From what I understand, America is the most foul-mouthed nation in the world and becoming more so. I just read an article just a couple of days ago that Columbus, Ohio was one of the most foul-mouthed cities in one study to be conducted in America. In Hollywood, profanity is seen to be part of the culture. In sports, profanity is part of the culture. You can see, especially coaches, some coaches, not all, but the, you can see, my goodness, the language. It would, I remember Bobby Knight was very, very infamous for using colorful language, to say it nicely. Someone has said, if cussing and cheating are crimes, then golf should be illegal. If cussing and cheating were crimes. There was a farmer coming home late one day, and his wife, he said, he got home late, and she said to him, whatever his name was, did your wagon break down? The farmer said, oh no, I picked up the preacher on the way and from that point on the mule didn't understand a thing I said. So that's why I'm late. It is, it's a serious thing, by the way, profanity is. Have you ever listened to your language? 
And it's so easy for we as Christians to start letting things slip in if we're not careful. I mean, I was not even allowed to say pregnant growing up, so I have a real, very have a low, very low threshold of what I can say, or it's a high threshold of what I shouldn't say. And so I, I'm careful about my language, and I, I want to keep it that way. The first thing you need to teach your children is never to use profanity. The use of God's name in vain shows two things, says Dr. Adrian Rogers. First of all, it shows an empty head. It reveals a feeble mind trying to express itself. And secondly, using profanity shows the wickedness in the heart. It reveals a wicked heart of man. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Using the name of God in profanity is an insult to his face. So it's needless. It's unproductive. It is just not needed. Some sins you can you can you can understand. If I murder something or somebody, perhaps I can see a reason for that. Or stealing, we need some money, or we need we need ought to need something. But I need some bread. But profanity is senseless. You know, a fish might bite a bare hook, but why would why would you, the fish want to do that? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. At least put something on there. It looks like food. It might do that. It doesn't accomplish anything. That's the point of taking the Lord's name in vain. It's pointless. What contempt it shows for Almighty God. You know, it's like when something amazing or or even a little bit over beyond commonplace happens, folks will say, oh my, I don't even want to say it, but you know what I'm saying? Over and over. They type it out, OMG, etc. Without even thinking about it. They really though and spoke God's name in vain. We hear people asking God perhaps even to damn another person. Even though Christ died on the cross for them, we find that they shouldn't. But what a profane perversion of prayer it is to ask God to send someone else to hell. But you say, we've got this down, Pastor. Our family doesn't use anything like that. Okay, well then do you possibly use secondhand swearing? It's like a pinzing irons. There is the laser eye irons, which are a knockoff of those. You might have a Kate, is it Kate Spade? A Kate the late Kate Spade purse, or you might have one that's worth $10 because it looks just like it, but it's not. And so they have those things. And so in our language culture, we sometimes use substitutes, if you would, exactly what we do with God's name. Oh, we don't use the name God per se, but we come pretty close. We might say, gosh, or golly, or geez, or gee whiz, or Jiminy Christmas. Oh, you say, but those are euphemisms. Yes, they are euphemisms. And yes, they are substitutes for what? The name of God. The name of Jesus. That's what they're substitutes for. Jeez is a substitute for Jesus' name. Golly, for God. Darn, for damn. Heck, for hell. Jiminy Christmas is a substitute for Jesus Christ. That's when, they, when you say that, that's what you're thinking. May not think we probably say it too often. So when you say, gosh, darn, you, what are you really saying? The same thing we just talked about a moment ago. We should never do. Do you remember Gomer Parle? Well, golly. I was like that. I think he would do just like that. Every time he said that on the show, he was using the Lord's name in a frivolous manner. He was. He was just some kind of explanation, some kind of, wow, that took me by surprise, or, or wow, that pie is really good. I don't know why. I hardly ever watch, I've watched very little of Gomer Pyle or whatever it was he was on. It was a word then to say this, we use it so often, and his instance, et cetera, anything, just, I could not think of anything else to say. But that a word that has no meaning on its own, can you imagine using God's name with a word that has no meaning on its own? It just doesn't make sense. His name is to be revered, to be honored. 
We should be doing that. It's not used as simply an exclamation point to something that happened. God says, thou will not take his name in vain. He will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. In 1956, Paul, you may remember the name. Now, this is before my time, 56. But the Paul Anderson was the Olympic gold weight medal weight lifter. He could actually lift three tons with his back. He weighed, he was five foot six and 375 pounds, 375 pounds. So he was a, a very, very strong man. And he was in the airport one time and he heard a man using the Lord's name in vain. And he walked up to it and he picked the man up and held him up and said, where is my friend? You just talked about my friend. And the man he picked up used the Lord's name in vain again. And where is he? I want to see my friend Jesus. And so I, I'm sure I don't know what happened the rest of the story, but I imagine the man thought at least twice before he used the Lord's name in vain again. You know, one of these days, someone said, the Lord's going to put his arm around us, his children. Why did you take my name in vain? Uh, well, you see, uh, see, uh, uh, well, you say, uh, I was surprised. Uh, I was shocked. Whatever answer you're going to give will not cut it. Why are we using his name in vain? We should not. Americans, I uh, read this again, average American uh, utters 80 to 90 curse words every day, according to a study in May of 2021, Business Insider. 20, 80 to 90 curse words every day. So how not to take his name? First, don't take this, the vanity of profanity. Second is the vanity of frivolity. This is using the Lord's name in carelessly or lightly. God says don't do it. In Ephesians 5, 3, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting. Foolish talking, jesting, thus those little sayings, sometimes little flippant phrases we use that include the holy name of God. Now, some, it's not wrong to use phrases that have uh, no, nothing. for example, we were putting together the Christmas decorations on Wednesday where I work. And so I walked in and they said, well, there Tim comes at the very end with all the work said. I said, I'm just like a blister. I show up when the work is over. And so I said, oh, we've never heard that before. I'm going to use that myself. So a little phrase like that is okay. But when we start using the, like, uh, you'll see in the paper, lordy, lordy, look who's 40. Uh, we get a little humor at that, but I'm telling you, you shouldn't do it. Uh, Pastor, you're being, I'm being what the Bible says. We should not take his name. And if in doubt, don't. That's a very simple rule. If in doubt, don't do it. And we'll have preachers. I hear our preachers say, well, bless God, this. And don't do it. Just don't do it. It's that simple. Just take it out of your vocabulary. It warns us against using God's name in frivolity. So, when we, so why would we want to do it? It's as repugnant to God to take his name in frivolity as it is in profanity. So the best thing to teach our children and grandchildren is never use God's name in a careless way, ever. If you hear children spouting from what they hear on the TV or, or the Psalms, and it's uses the God's name in vain, your grandchildren say, you know, we don't do that. Here's why we don't do that. It's, you know, sometimes you have to say to the parent, don't. But we're not going to do that. And here is why, because God's name is so holy, we don't want to use it in the wrong way in any way. How not to take his name? One, vanity of profanity. Two, vanity of frivolity. Three, the vanity of hypocrisy. By the way, a few things can turn children, teenagers off as hypocrisy in the home. They just don't want to see it. They, they, it discourages them. When mom and dad do not live together, they profess to live 
at church. They don't live at a home. It is discouraging. The kids see through it. Isaiah 48, 1. I'm reading from there. Hear ye this, O house of Jacob, which are called by the name of Israel and are come forth out of the waters of Judah, which swear by the name of the Lord and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness. What a picture of hypocrisy. People who make mention of God's name, but not in truth, not in righteousness. They, they claim to be this, but on the inside in their actions say otherwise. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. Do you remember the response? And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I, what? Never knew ye, you depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So a lot of the folks who say they are on God's side aren't. Or they say they're on God's side and they're just living nominally and it's causing more discouragement than good. Laura Schlesinger, Dr. Laura said this, taking up God's name but not taking him seriously determines how others view God. When we represent God by taking on or taking up his name, we're sending a message about who we think he is. Look at it this way. Your character affects God's credibility. Your character affects God's credibility. If you're going to live for God, live for God in your home, at the work, on your street, on the job, etc. Let your yes be yes, your no, no. Let no hypocrisy be found in you. Carl Rayner said in 1988, the number one cause of atheism is Christians. Those who proclaim God with their mouth and deny him with their lifestyles is what an unbelieving world finds simply unbelievable. And Cliff Richards says, what other people think of me is becoming less and less important. What they think of Jesus because of me is critical. What people think of Jesus because of me is critical. It is. And so we look at, we look at people who, we look at, you look at perhaps a professional golfer or someone who's been trained or a gymnast. And you look at some gymnast who is a Stephanie's uh, co-worker's son is a gymnast, and he's very good actually. And you're gonna look, and they're gonna judge his trainer a lot by how he does. They're gonna judge a horse that runs perhaps by the trainer who's been training him for just the right speed at the right time. But what people think of Jesus because of me is critical. What's in a name? There is a lot. The name of Jesus. How not to take his name in profanity, frivolity, and hypocrisy. Don't do that. And thirdly, how to take his name. Really, first of all, take his name in victory. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. I was texting, I was telling a couple of people this morning, I was texting with Mr. Reisinger this, uh, on Thursday, wishing him a happy Thanksgiving. He said, don't eat too much. You know, we always say that. I said, well... I think I'm going to be a little rebellious and disobedient on that. And he responds with Bible verses. Whatsoever you do. And I said, I'm going to do it in moderation. And he responds with another Bible verse. Now, I know he was teasing me, I think. But I thought about that all day. I'm thinking about it even now. You know, do whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Can I eat that fourth piece of pie? I can't do that for the glory of God. The fourth piece. Maybe the third, not the fourth. See, that's the mindset. We, 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 whatever we do in word and deed, we are to do in the name of the Lord Jesus. The last name for God given in the Bible is Jesus, Jehovah saves. Henry Frost wrote these words. There is a name, a wondrous name of infinite and endless fame. Of God beloved by saints revered, by angels and archangels feared. 
ordained by God ere world began, revealed by angels unto man, proclaimed by men, believed, adored by hearts in prayer and praise outpoured. The theme of prophet, priest, and king, the word of which sweet psalmists sing, by pilgrims blessed, by sufferers sung, the last word breathed by mort- martyrs tongue, martyrs tongue. The name most precious and sublime, supreme in space, supreme in time, destined to live and conquer all, till all knees everywhere shall fall. The tongues confess what God proclaims his name to be the name of names, the name which in high heaven will be the one name of eternity. Then, O oh my soul, its praise forth tell Jesus the name ineffable. That is his name. What a, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall fall, every tongue confess. What a, what a lovely name, the name of Jesus. Three things as we close. First of all, regarding his name, how to take his name, wear the name. Wear the name. The name Christian. We should be wearing the name of Christ. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having the seal of the Lord, knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from what? Iniquity. If we're going to name the name of Christ, we're departing from iniquity. Are we walking worthy of that name? What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which, you, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own, for you're bought with a price. Wherefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. It behooves us to do what is right. We, we have his name. We belong to him. Does the world know this? How to take his name? Where the name? Secondly, is share the name. Malachi 3.16 Then they that fear the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. Isn't that great? The Lord was so pleased when when people thought on his name. A book of remembrance has been written. So often I think we, we, if we're not careful, we as spouses, we have a book of remembrance. But it's things we should forget. Do you remember? You know, we should not start getting these arguments and throw these atomic bombs on an argument that have nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. Well, last Christmas, well, two Christmases ago, I remember five years ago, and well, it was when we were first got married. Do you remember? We we should be done with those things, and we we, we as Christians, we should live in light of what He's done. Share the name of Christ. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Wear, share, and bear the name. Finally, let your children know that bearing the name of Jesus may bring reproach. You remember in Acts chapter 5, 40? And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles, the leaders, and beaten them, they commanded they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. They bore the name in victory. We should be the same. We need a world that stands up. A world needs to see us standing up for the name of Christ. And our lives should reflect. In just a few moments, we're going to have communion as we reflect back on what he has done for us. Should humble us that he would die for us. You've all heard of Alexander the Great, I'm sure. He was an incredible fighter. He often would go into the midst of the battle, ride along. He'd ride his big horse. It was called Bucephalus. And he'd ride, charge right in by his soldiers and fight, fight, fight. The story is told that he would hold court after a battle. And one year, his authority was unquestionable. He passed judgment on the soldiers right on the spot. Those that fared valiantly, he got reward. Those who deserted, well, they got punished. And there was a young man brought 
to him barely out of childhood. And Alexander asked the boy's name. And the officer said, his name is Alexander, sir. Instantly, the general's countenance softened, and he seemed flattered the young man bore his very name. The officers nearby assumed that Alexander was going to give a little bit of lenience to the young man, whatever his crime may be. Alexander said, what are the charges against this young man? He is guilty of cowardice, sir. In the heat of the battle, he turned and fled. Suddenly, the emperor's expression changed. His face became intense grimace. He looked at the boy and said, what's your name, lad? said, Alexander, sir. He asked him again, what did you say your name was? It's, it's, it's Alexander, sir. The emperor left off his throne and grabbed the terrified soldier and bellowed on his face, either change your behavior or change your name. Change your behavior or change your name. A name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. We should not be ashamed to stand up for Jesus. And it's going to be required of us, by the way. You, we, every day, we're going to be required to stand up for Jesus. And it may get harder and harder. That doesn't mean we stop. One day we're going to see the king. On that great day, we will be so glad to learn that we did not take the Lord's name in vain, but we took it in victory. And that we taught our children to do the same. If you've allowed the wrong vocabulary to become part of your life, Christian, either change your behavior or change your name. I'm not saying you lose your salvation. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying, number one, let's change our behavior and honor his name. But if you want to do that, at least take your Christian flag down. If you're not going to live right, take it down so that everybody else in the world doesn't know that you're that. I'm saying raise the flag and honor our Savior by our lives and by our words. The Lord will not hold him guiltless, so taketh his name in vain. You remember what John says? Different times in First John. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love him. And by the way, you talk about a commandment. Commandment number three. And the ten commandments. Let us pray. Lord, we are thankful that your name is to be honored. What a lovely name, the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, that we would share this name. We would wear this name. We would, we would live this name. Lord, may, may it be a name that we take with the highest of importance. May your name be holy in our thinking, in our lives, especially in our conversation. May we train our children, our, our grandchildren, our friends, those we co-work with. May we explain why we hold his name in such reverence. Lord, if we started using it flippantly or with frivolity or surely not in vanity, profanity, may we stop that. May you convict our hearts. May our language change. Lord, may we change our behavior to match the holiness of your name. So help us to do that. I ask this in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.